Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. listening to season five of mother may i sleep with podcast i'm your host molly mcelever sugar tap is loaded into the starting gate rancher rick and gal the last two to go in all in line for the start of the virginia crown Okay, you guys, tonight we're doing a face to kill for. This came in as a recommendation from one of you guys. Wild ride finding this movie. I knew that it was about a woman who had her face destroyed and then went to prison and came back and got revenge on her ex-husband and that it was based on a true story. But then I watched like half of another Crystal Bernard movie. Crystal Bernard is a star from a show called Wings, which I was alive for like one season of or something. I don't really remember it. Um, But I started watching this other movie where she's like a bulimic Olympic runner. And that movie I'm obsessed with, right? But I only got to figure out that I was messing them up about eight hours, maybe six hours before we were recording, about six hours before we were recording this. So I did my notes in a jiffy. I feel underprepared. I feel like I'm raw dogging this podcast. And for that, I apologize. But in place of my normal anal retentive self, we have Ben Mandelker. How are you? I, I, I'm great. Thanks. And, and I am, I feel confident in my bill, in my ability to be like your anal, retentive stand-in. I need that. That's what I am. I mean, you don't even know how many notes I took on this amazing, amazing movie. It's actually crazy. I'm scrolling through. It's like pages. And the good thing is is that I've been reading you guys' comments and you want me to shut the fuck up. So um, (laughs) we brought in a guest who will talk way more than me, hopefully. Are you a horse girl? I was not a horse girl. You know, I generally don't like large animals like that i like to observe right from a safe distance but that's I'm, healthy i've only ridden a horse like twice in my life okay you know, i'm just yeah. not a horse person i am a crystal bernard person okay tell me everything so um i just want to preface this by saying i think this is the third time i've been on your wonderful podcast mm-hmm. and this is by far my favorite of the three movies even better than baby monitor sound of fear okay baby monitor sound of fear i enjoyed but you know one thing that i one thing that was like disappointing to me, but at the same time also very exciting about it, was that it was sort of like a, um, what do you call that? Uh, like a bottle episode. Sure, sure, sure. It all took place over one night in one apartment <sighs> building. And so it like, it was more like the, the, the movie was more about like the silly things that Josie Bissett was, Josie Bissett, right? Mm-hmm. Was doing to avoid these killers as opposed to a big twisty turny yarn like revenge porn was which we watched mm-hmm. revenge porn sucked i'm sorry i did that music no I, I i was amused by it we're just on the other side of three seasons now and i look back and i'm like ben deserved better well, than revenge I, I, porn. I, mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it okay but good. this this movie was like oh this is what a lifetime movie is, it, this is you know, the definition to you. To That's me. actually a good question to bring to other people because I think everyone has an idea of what a lifetime movie is in their mind. Mm-hmm. And 
this is like this is your version oh, of actually, that. Actually, no, I'll, t- I'll take it back. This is like what I imagine like the pillars of Lifetime movies are because I think that modern day Lifetime movies are more like revenge porn where it's sort of like um, there's some some new thing in society, usually some sort of technology that has inspired fear in mm-hmm. older generations. Yeah. And so these movies exploit it. So like, for instance, I'm sure there's going to be one about bird scooters. And, oh, I would you love know, that. That's like coming down the pike. Like and she, you know, the Uber rapist is coming. Like I've yeah, always been, it's going to be Uber rapist. I'm surprised hasn't even happened. Like, since the day I found out about Uber, I was like, I'm looking forward to a lifetime movie about this exact situation. We ordered Chipotle by the way, which I'm so excited about You're keto. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, also a great Lifetime movie. <laughs> You're keto, I'm hungry. Uh-huh. Oh my God, should we write? Um, well, that actually probably will be a Lifetime movie about someone who goes on a crazy keto diet and then like like gets like sick or whatever. Like my couple, then- Keto Connect. Like Keto Connect on YouTube. I was just telling Ben, I don't know if they're in love or if they have an eating disorder, but they're my favorite keto couple that I follow. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, there doesn't seem to be any like intimacy there except they fucking slam some bison before bed together. Wow. You know? Yeah, that, well, that's intimate. They're on that Joe Rogan tip where uh-huh. they're like, you know, not killing the game themselves, but they're but like they're killing, the they're, they're killing the, g- yeah. the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, keto. Okay, keto killers. I think this movie is great because I, I mean, I've, I think we've all dreamed about the day that we can come back with a brand new face. I mean, as an ardent fan of Face Off, the feature film from mm-hmm. uh, two years before this movie came out, a, a film that I have, I own on DVD and I have the soundtrack for. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, really a pioneer in like the face swap movie genre. Um, uh, I, of course, really enjoyed this movie quite, quite a bit. But um, another thing I wanted to mention about this. So Crystal Bernard, I did watch Wings. I was just going to say, get into my Crystal Bernard. By okay. the way, can I just interrupt the audience? I know you're going to hate this, you guys. Ben, you truly are one of like the maybe two or three people that can just make me laugh by hearing you talk <laughs> like and i've had other people say that to me about me and I've, i don't think i've ever realized the experience on the other end feel so good you fucking make me laugh just by hearing you talk same with ronnie but like it's <laughs> just different because yeah I, it's yeah you're hilarious ben, you're Keep- like really fulfilling a lot of needs for me right now because i always you're like, the good I boy wa- <laughs> i'm a good boy and i also want to make people laugh and i always feel like i don't feel like i'm that person for people that when i talk i just make them laugh just by virtue of me talking i feel like that's someone like Ronnie, you know, like Ronnie's like the performer. No, I just hear so much in you. Like, I I mean, because you've made me laugh so many times that it's like, it's like hearing, it's like when Garfield's like, I hate Mondays. It's like, I know you do. Oh my God, I love that. I love that you hate Mondays. Like, I just love your voice. Well, thank so, you. So, okay, tell me about you and Crystal. Okay, I mean, I don't have a storied past with Crystal Bernard, but I would, I watched Wings, you know? So, funny fact. So, I, I was looking up a few things today. As I was watching, as I was watching this movie, I then, of course, thought back to Crystal Bernard's seminal, uh, like, adult pop single, Forever Tonight, which she had a duet with Peter Cetera, formerly of Chicago. Yeah, of course. I didn't know she was... Oh! Tonight. So, wait, actually, that's a lie. I did know she's a singer, because you told me today. Yeah. So, so I was like... So, first, I was like, I want to look up this song. So, I was listening to the song. I was watching the video on YouTube, which was, again, it's like in that Crystal Bernard thing where, like, she's wearing all beige and all the colors, like, beige. That's kind of, like, her thing, I think, based mm-hmm. on this movie. <laughs> and um, uh, and I was watching it, and I thought to myself, I wonder if she was an actress first who then became a singer or was her background in singing. Mm. So I went to her Wikipedia page. First thing first, Wings was around from 90 
to 97, which is almost as long as Seinfeld, which that's is crazy. really long. And the same time, same network, like right after Seinfeld. So that's crazy, first and foremost. And Seinfeld is 30, by the way. Guys, we had a little Chipotle break. Um, if you ever at any point in this feel like you hear rice in my teeth, it probably is. Mm. Um, we're going to go back into Ben's uh, dream girl, Crystal Bernard, <laughs> singer extraordinaire. So here's the thing with Crystal Bernard. As I was saying before, I was uh, I was going down like a hole. I was I was looking. I went to her Wikipedia page because I wanted to know which what, what came first, the singing or the acting. And I go to her Wikipedia page and I see a little tidbit that like she was raised by like an evangelical preacher of some sort. And in 1972, Crystal and her sister would sing these very evangelical songs and only like one has remained. And I just did a Google search and it was like a YouTube search popped up. Uh, Crystal and her sister, uh, I'm blanking on their names, her sister's name. She's irrelevant. But they have a song called The Monkey Song mm-hmm. that is also paired with, what is it called? The economical, economical Agenda or something like that? Yeah, it's basically about how, like, you know, <laughs> we were not possibly in any way, shape, or form sisters, brothers, related to descendants of monkeys. <laughs> yeah, Impossible. The, the first song is, a, is an anti-evolution song. And if you find this recording, <laughs> it starts off with, like, I think it's actually being played at like a congregation and the guy says well we have the two lovely Chris- the Bernard sisters Crystal and Susan Bernard and you know on YouTube when people are going to like go find something when you go down to the comments and like start at 322 that's where the stonks <laughs> it's like because yeah. people are like the pastor just goes on and on at the beginning yeah. about evolution but the, the of- ridiculous theory of evolution is what he says right so they sing this song that's like like Monkeys, monkeys, it's crazy. There ain't no monkey that's a king of mine. I'm no king, king of, of a monkey. monkey. It's yeah. something like that. <laughs> and it's like such a good song. Yeah, it actually is. That was <laughs> bopping. A, it is good. And I was like, damn, this is a good song. I don't agree with any of the lyrics, but it's so good. And then when the song ends, he's like, and now we're going to talk about the ridiculous idea of ecumenism. 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 I'm just making myself sure. sound like an idiot right now. No, 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 no. But like I don't the ecumenical think anyone... idea of like that, I guess that like, you know, we can all have different religions, but like we all believe in like one God or something like that. Mm. So they, then there's this song that's like, well, everyone talks about the golden rule, but I've no one. And it goes, well, I guess there's Catholics and Jews and Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims. And I guess the devil too. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, whoa. I mean, this is, yes. I mean, this is the tough part with a 99% of the conspiracies or anything that people float by me is I'm like, you know what? You might be on to something. Maybe I'm not related to a monkey. And then they're like, and the greedy Jews. And I'm like, come on. I can't stand here and listen to this. You've lost me. And I feel like I should give, like, um, if I could give, like, hateful Christians a consulting session, I would love to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. And say, like, maybe just, you know, drop the hatred later. Like, get me in the front door. But when you accost me with the hatred Mm -hmm. right up front, I'm not buying. But that being said, that ecumenical song is so good. It's it is really better good. than the monkey song, I have to say. Like, Let's it- insert 60 seconds of that here, right here. We hear a lot of talk about the ecumenical movement. They say that we should get together and all be one big family. Catholic, Protestant, and Jew, Buddhist, Muslim, and Hindu. I guess they want the devil too in the ecumenical movement. They are 
What'd you guys think? So after you sent me that song, I started listening and I said, it's so funny because I do love creationism music. <laughs> and my favorite album about creationism of all time is God Shuffled His Feet by the Crash Test Dummies, which, you know, some may say, you know, you even said to me today, like, oh, I know that one song is about creationism. And I'm like, no, no, no. The whole fucking album is like, if you really listen to that album... Yeah. They're all being like, God made it all, baby. Like, it, the whole thing. It's so, just such a banger, too. It is a great album. Like, I, you know what? I, I love that song. It's like, I think I'll disappear no. now. Sneak, Sneak out outside. sideways. Yeah, that's my fucking, <laughs> that is my jam. As I told you today, audience, I don't know if you've ever had to sit through me talking about the Crash Test Dummies before. But also, you and I are like at this weird thing where this is the age gap I have between most of my friends. You're not much older than me, but mm-hmm. a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. So you would have been, as you said, at Ithaca College listening to this. I was visiting my brother at Ithaca right, right, College. Right. Sorry, his brother went to Ithaca, not him. Um, it's transfer school. Um, <laughs> but I, I went on a ski trip in like, I think maybe sixth, no, seventh or eighth grade. And I had that CD that I just randomly bought. I didn't even know. Mm, wow. The lead hit. That's the, I mean, that's like the whole reason to get it. No, I just was mm-hmm. out here like. You know, I'm like, I'm picking up, I'm, I'm a youthful, like, eclectic teenager being like, yeah, I'll listen to this fucking New Age album or this, like, you know, I went to the symphony all the time. Like, I love any type of music. So I would take any CD and put it in. And then when that Crash Test Dummies hit, I mean, what about it? It's such a good album. Mm -hmm. God Shuffled His Feet is a fucking slaps. And I had it. It was my only CD on a whole ski trip. So I probably listened to those 12 songs. I'll never forget. So good. Skiing Through the Trees in Killington, listening to that Crash Test Dummy CD, thinking to myself, if I fucking hit a tree right now, like if I Kennedy'd out, if I Sunny Bono'd out right now, I would literally, this would be the last sound I ever heard on earth. And, and I'm okay say, with it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. <laughs> They'd be like, there was this girl once there was an only child whose mother Killington. abandoned her in the woods on when she was skiing with her boyfriend and she fucking crashed into lesson, a tree. The lesson learned is that it's really good cold weather music. It's good <laughs> cold weather music. If you're in Ithaca music. or at Killington, if you're basically like, North of Albany, the, the the album just like it kills it. But also, like if you are uh, lonely and searching for God, yeah. you know what I mean. That's where it hits you. It's, it's like, great. hey, it's we've got the bops, but also we'll bring you into God. We'll bring you. What into would God. happen if 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 Crystal Bernard was actually like a backup singer to the Crash Test Dummies? It could happen. It could I'd have happened. I cancel my year. Like, it's like I'd how follow. Maya Rudolph was in that one band. Oh, yeah. No, I'd P. cancel my year and follow. Like, yeah. I followed Girl Talk kind of extensively throughout my early 20s as much as I could on the budget I was. Um, I would drop my life to be at every single Crystal Bernard, Crystal Bernard Crash Test Dummy show possible. <laughs> like, now, that, that is a great, like, one-two punch, especially if she revived, like, the Monkey Song, but, like, maybe, like, modernized it to something, like, less ignorant. You know? I hope they're all alive. 
Crystal Bernard? Oh, the Crash oh, Test crash Dummies. Oh, I think they are alive. Because I, I then, of course, went to their Wikipedia page. They're alive. They Good. actually released a new album in 2015. They're back together. Oh, my God. Wow. Ooh, I have chills. Ooh, we got to get into the movie. We have movie. to get into I'm a, just like fucking, we don't release this the movie. And the thing is, this, this movie needs to be discussed. And it is so chock full of plot. There's actually, there's no time to be wasted, to be honest. Bless you. So we're going to get into this. This Ooh. is, um. I knew she was going to get her face fucked up. I didn't know it was going to happen when the movie started. <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, so the fact that this movie came out in, it, it came out in 99, but it has like 1970, it has like 1972 monkey song era prosthetics going this on. This movie could have come out anytime between 1960 and 2001, and I'd believe you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, because I also was like really... Okay, so I had seen half of a Crystal Bernard movie before I started this, <laughs> yes. and so I was like, "Oh, she's really beautiful." She is. She so is. seeing her fucked up. Oh yeah, that was, was strange. Great. So okay, I just want to say first and foremost that this movie has so much plot that it can't handle all its plot. So all the scenes are super short, and there's no development. So it's just crazy. But I was thinking about it. If this movie were turned into like a limited series event that was twelve well, episodes, there we go. it would be actually. The shit. Well, Ben, way to ruin the fucking ending because not, I I'm was not. going to say that this movie is not a movie, it's a backdoor pilot. Oh. Because they absolutely set this movie up for the audience to watch and be like, ooh, give me more of that. I want to see what happens to Allison, dead named Terry, mm-hmm. to when she, like, you know, moves on to her new life with, like, her cool new friends, Julia, and then the black girl that was in prison but with I'm, her, whose name they said once. Yeah. And, like, I really. Chocolate. What was her name? I called her Chocolate, the girl from prison. Her name was like Darla Bell. Oh, something. oh, you're talking about her. Oh, I was talking about the woman who was like accosting. Oh, the no, who was like Chocolate. Yeah, no, no, no. No, um, no, no Della Ray. Della, Della Ray. Okay, Not to be confused so, with Della Reese. Can we just call her Della Reese? I feel like we'd all feel more comfortable. <laughs> um, but I was like, this is the makings of a great sitcom. This is like going to be like an hourly sort of drama. We've got a villain established Mm -hmm. that's not dead. He's in jail. You know what? It's a season two. I'm telling you, make this entire movie, Mm -hmm. stretch it out over 12 episodes and let it like let all this stuff breathe. Like the first five minutes of this movie should have been a pilot. It should have been like leading up to the. Well, we'll get into it. But we'll, do you think this is like maybe? I mean, because like they did with this this with the client list where they were like, "What do you think? Do you want to see two hours of Jennifer Love Hewitt like giving jerk offs for money? Mm-hmm. Maybe whatever else in lingerie yeah. with the with those big brown eyes lying to her family, or do you not like it and not want to see a whole series? And we loved it. And who was in it? Laura Lee from season one of Vanderpump Rules. What's up? Yeah. All I mean, ties back. Yeah. Everything is connected. Either, either way. I mean, there's just, there's so much to sink into. No matter into what, your- someone's getting blown in the bathroom. That's all we have to say. <laughs> so we're going to open up on a racetrack because mm-hmm. we're horse girls in this movie. A bunch of people are anticipating this race. The horse they want wins. The trainer is a pretty brunette with a huge facial scar. This is what I write in my notes when I'm young and youthful and haven't lived through yeah, this yet. It's Crystal Bernard in like a giant wig and like a, a beige on beige on beige ensemble. Do you ever, did you ever see that illusion? Where it's like, are you looking at a lovely young lady or an old crone? Yeah, she looks yeah, like yeah. the old crone version yeah. of the, you know? Like, yeah, no. Like you can even see right there in that picture that we have up here. Well, because that's the thing is she's so also like, she's so insecure the way that she plays this. Because obviously if you're a beautiful young woman and you get maimed facially, which by the way, shout out to all my maimed facially listeners. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even man. know what to say. We're going to have to move past this, you guys. 
I ha- I don't know any other way to describe this except this woman was in a terrible car accident and her face is was severely maimed. It's yeah, it's very scarred. Although even in this in this part of the movie, maybe it's because what the the, the, the quality thing we watched, we, I didn't really pick up on it. All I saw was that she had like a massive wig and like like prosthetics on, and they just and they and they they sort of buried her and she had like a choker. It looks like when you're dehydrated and you turn your wrist over and you can see all your veins. Like it's, that's what her face looked like, except. Scarring. It's like she looked like Park Overall from Empty Nest, but like, oh, like wow. actually an age-appropriate Park Overall. <laughs> like exactly what you'd imagine Park Overall would look like in 1999. Okay. So sad that I remember that and not Wings. Like, <laughs> well, I don't think Empty Nest impression. was on the list of iconography the way that Wings was, but here we are. This is where we stand today. Yeah. I was um really sad the second that I saw her because this actress is like, you know, Crystal's a fantastic actress from the limited time I've spent with Singer. her. She really plays this. Mm-hmm. Like, she really is like, she's afraid to even go into the big party where they're all celebrating the big win. Exactly. And at this point, we don't even know. Like, I think that she's like a, a spectator of the race mm-hmm. in the inner circle there because we are, we also are cutting back to this, like the, the luxury boxes where we see like this, this very, um, stately older woman getting extremely excited about, mm-hmm. um, a horse, I think named Sugar Cap. Uh, okay, is it Starliner Sugar Cap? Well, I think Starline Sugar Cap is different from Starliner. Starliner is like Crystal Bernard's like favorite horse. Okay, I thought we had a hard on for Starliner this whole time. Well, I don't Sugar know, maybe Cap Starliner. Is the OG. I think Sugar Cap. I could have been wrong. I mean, there was a lot of music playing, very oh, upbeat right. music. They're all also brown horses. Like that's a yeah. lot to ask of us as an audience. Yeah, well, they pretty- to like track the emotional journey of these different horses. Yeah, I mean, I think they pretty much just had like one horse in the budget, so they just like put like a different like different hats on. They, <laughs> they literally had, like, had different hats on. Yeah. So yeah, so the thing is, everyone in the luxury box is super super excited, but then Crystal Bernard is like. She seems actually a little tepid. Like, that was a lovely race that I saw. You would never think that she had anything personally invested in this race. Right. But it's just like, it's like being anything else. She's uncomfortable. Like, okay. So, like, I gained a bunch of weight this last year. So, when I leave the house and I go to a party, I'm like, "Mm, can I, like, talk to anyone? Like, I act, like, shy because I'm, like, uncomfortable. This is a girl that was, like, once, like, killing it. A beauty, and then now she goes to a party, and she's like, "I have to put my hair in front of my face. I'm uh-huh. afraid someone's gonna see something's different about me." Like she really like fucking has that whole thing. Yes. So we go into this big party, right? That's mm-hmm. happening as a big celebration. Um, there's like a hot guy walking around, her husband, with these two young ladies. But we see our young girl, Crystal Bernard, um, with the Scarface, going out to just be with the horses. This mm-hmm. is my version of smoking a cigarette, right? Yeah, I would go smoke there. a cigarette to retreat, like relieve myself. She goes ahead and she goes out to be with the horses. Now, her daddy, who we love... Oh, well, we stand yeah, so nice. Her dad comes out and he's like, come on, baby, you did amazing today. Like, you got to come inside. So she's like, I'll be inside soon. Diddy. She keeps calling him Diddy. Diddy? Is yeah, that what like, she calls him? I'll be in there soon, Diddy. Oh, goes, oh. <laughs> right, right, right. And by the way, also, that her the continuity with her southern accent never comes back up later. Yeah, because... Um, I, th- I mean, I think that Crystal Bernard is from the South, so she has an inherent Southern accent, but there's like one scene, which we'll get to, where she just suddenly just goes into Foghorn Leghorn. She's like, I say, I say, I say, I'm looking at them books, and I say, I say, I say, nothing wrong with them. You're like, what is I'm happening? I'm like, I thought you were a hardened New York stock exchange person, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, so... 
Um, she goes back inside. Inside, her husband is walking around with a couple other ladies. A nice mm-hmm. older woman with a, a cotton top. Right. The one who was excited before. And then a younger woman. And by the way, at this point, it's not clear that there's any relationship between Crystal Bernard and the guy. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Crystal Bernard, maybe she works for the horses and he is like the wealthy guy who runs the, the Oh, thing. see, right away, I was like, that's a fuck boy. I was like, the second mm-hmm. I saw him walking around, because the whole conversation, they're like, oh, where's your wife does she keep you on a leash and, and that's i was like I was oh like, we got oh. plain jane we've got mm-hmm. plain jane and he does look he looks like a farmhand who got a, a raise and wow. like he like got a comeuppance once they said where's your wife then i thought oh what and he's like, i'm sure she's around here somewhere and i was like well maybe that must be crystal bernard out there by the horse and her dad and i was like really interesting and then he goes and he finds her right Mm-hmm. And he says, and he goes. Well, wait, we should play the scene. Oh, yeah. Okay. 306 to 528. I have not seen Terry for a while. Oh, she's around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm surprised she's letting you run around all loose. Well, I'm not on a leash, you know. Well, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Marianne, Julian, excuse us, please. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to pay some more attention to your wife. Will she run off again? She'll be back. Terry? No, don't, don't, don't do that. You are beautiful. I thank God for you. Attention, please. Attention. Will you all just hush up now? Please, ladies and gentlemen, will you please join me in raising your glasses? To the one man who is responsible for my just winning the Virginia crown. <laughs> he is the finest horse trainer who ever lived. <laughs> Mr. Frank Hadley. <laughs> Thank you, Marion. Well, when I started out as a young horse trainer... I never dreamed that the world could be so kind to me. My dear wife, Joanne, was uh, with me during all the hard times early on. My only regret is she wasn't there to share the gravy. But she did leave me one precious gift. A person who's as responsible for the success of our stables as I am. And she can crunch numbers better than any CPA. I'm talking about my daughter, Terry. And I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't mention her husband, Virgil. The best assistant horse trainer in the country. That is, he will be if he ever learns the difference between a horse's head and a horse's... uh, There, Virgil. <laughs> Thank you. Thank y'all. That shit makes my heart heavy. First of all, Crystal Bernard is obviously she's not only playing someone who's like uncomfortable in her own skin, but Crystal Bernard, I think, is actually uncomfortable in her own prosthetics. No, she's physically uncomfortable. She's physically uncomfortable in this costume. Yeah. No. Okay. So first of all. She, the way she plays this is like feels very real to me. I had such a watching this scene over again. I had such a major epiphany, and I'm not even trying. I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm not trying to be like funny or clever. But when I saw it, you know what I thought of, and it, like you said, it all comes back to this. It's all connected. 
Pandora. Vanderpump. Yeah. Like, I, the way she stood there, the way she was, like, behind her, I was like, this yeah. is Pandora. Yeah, I know. It's like she, yeah, she's, but the one thing we don't have the benefit of is knowing that she's, yeah, Pandora does hide, hide behind her head. I was like, this is Pandora. I was like, oh, my God. Like, the, the way, like, I could not actually Except believe. Pandora you see it, you doesn't have an it. excuse. Well. <laughs> well, okay. So this is one thing I, I know. I always like. I know. I, I'm in I'm trouble saying just, for saying she looks like a hammerhead shark. Like, in, listen, in I'm not trying to shame Pandora, but I'm saying like when you watch this movie, and then once you see Pandora, it's actually like, it's actually like I, I'm. I, I feel like the blood is leaving my my, my face right now. I, I also like, I also feel that way just because I'm like I'm. It's gonna it's gonna come back to bite me. What I want to know is this, ready? How can you not bring up your dead wife in a speech that's like a congratulatory speech, but also be honest? Mm-hmm. Because the truth is, is that if his wife didn't get to share the gravy, none of this would have been worth it, right? Right, right. What's the point? Yeah. The win would mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Totally. But is there anything great about any time someone stands up? And gives a speech, and then just like as part of that, a, a part of that speech, like electively brings up their dead spouse. Yeah, that's this. like it's it's very common in movies, also very common in real life. Mm-hmm. What can we do to get through a speech while acknowledging the dead without ever directly speaking about them? Because it is a it's a buzzkill. It's a boner it is, kill. It's, it's yeah. block. Well, you know, I think the father has like a lot of emotions, and like there's a lot of stuff going on because not only does he like mention his like wife who's departed but he also then like goes out of his way to like fully publicly humiliate his son-in-law so he's like he's projecting some shit like and he doesn't get to like he he has not fully exercised it so and he's held it in so much that like when he has give him a mic and it all comes out okay who is okay darla conjure is the woman who one who wants to marry a millionaire Mm -hmm. but who is darla from league of their own because I'm also getting very proud mm. daddy vibes. Very like, I raised my girl to be like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she may not be. Well, he sees his wife and his daughter. Right. But what was the name of that character? Darla. I, I you know, I actually. Oh, the one who was like really shy. Like, the ugly one. The, the ugly one. one. <laughs> the ugly. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that because of like, the to be rude. I, it's like literally the yeah, character I haven't description. Seen, I haven't seen that movie in so long. It makes me sad that I don't remember the character. Yeah. So anyway, I'm getting also like vibes from that too. If you don't watch Real Housewives, I'm getting serious, like proud dad of his daughter. That's a little like unfortunate. And honestly, the other thing too is that this poor girl was not born. It's not even so it's much. It's not a lifelong thing. She yeah. got into a horrific accident and it yeah. left her face chopped and screwed yeah and we don't even know at this point we don't even know um but like uh well yeah the thing is that's so funny again because this movie has so much plot they don't have time to flesh out things and they don't even have time to flesh out transitions because it goes from this like moment of like okay i'm humiliating uh my son-in-law virgil and then all of a sudden (laughs) she's like lying on she's getting ejected and you're like what where what happened? So they love a moment where they can be like, okay, we're inserting medication into your body, which would explain why your vision's fucked up and you're having a flashback. That lifetime loves that. Yeah. They love medication 
fucked up vision flashback. They also love uh, clunky exposition, uh-huh. which if we just go back like one second to that toast, like why would the dad bring up his daughter's CPA skills at a toast? Like right. I got to toast my daughter who can crunch numbers better than any CPA. Like anyone in that goddamn party gives a shit. I mean, it's especially humiliating given the events to come. I mean, it's awful. But okay, so she's getting like some, I don't know, some shit put into her leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Her what butt. I think doing. it was her butt. Her butt, yeah. And the light above her is flickering. It brings her back to the car crash she was in that got her there. It's been 10 years now, and she's had a couple more years of work before they can figure out her facial scars. They're doing everything they can, and the surgery is going to be over a year from now. It's too dangerous for her to get surgery because of the state of the rest of her body. Um, And her husband is supportive in this scene, which I'm like, you can't fool me, Lifetime. He's yeah. trying to get his wife hotter. That's like Jack showing up to the tit surgery with Brittany. It's like he doesn't care about Brittany's insecurity about exactly. her movies, right? And, I, and I'm concerned about this medicine that says that she can't get her... She She's like almost there, but not quite plastic surgery ready. I'm like, again... You know, Face Off came out two years prior to this movie. We know that, like, in movie, in terms of movie they plastic can, surgery, they can do whatever the hell they want. Right, right, right. And this is, like, uh, by the way, I think this is based on a real story. And I need to look that up at some point when you just, like, okay. totally take over. Because if this is based on a real story, that is the sickest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, next level, mm-hmm. you live on a different planet. Yeah. So she calls around. She's doing taking. She's doing some business stuff. Um, she needs to pay for some grain. She makes a very polite call, being like, "We know you have the best grain in town, and so this we is, need to cut a check." This is right? when her accent was really going off. <laughs> she like, was killing it. Yeah, she's, she's like, like "We I'm can't go into for that debt. grain. <laughs> we can't go on to debt. Could you please look into that? I'm sure that we have thirty-seven thousand dollars in that account." <laughs> and clearly, they did the thing where they were like, "Honey, you don't have the money to cut a five hundred dollar check." Because, like, I'm like, "How much could grain be?" Right? Yeah, it's thirty thousand dollars worth of grain. That's like a year's worth. I feel like. Well, so then they're like, "There's thirty. There's thirty k missing," and she's like, "Well, I didn't authorize that. Don't tell my dad. I don't want to upset him." So of course, her Virgil. Mm-hmm. Who like Virgil is an actual fucking sociopath, yeah, like he through is. and through. And I like don't want to throw that word around in the way we all diagnose each other these days. Like if Virgil is a real person, he's a fucking socio. Like yeah. he isn't to me. When I was watching this movie, I was like, how far back does this go? Did Virgil cause? her car accident and maim that's her what face. I, that's and what get, I thought at first. And that's what I'm saying. We're going to find that out in the series that never happened because not a lot of you wrote in and said, you, none of you did the right thing. When I was 15 in 1999, I was too young to write an email, okay? You guys should have written that email. Yeah, someone so should have. let's play this scene where she confronts her husband and she has no confidence at all. Uh, 7.48 to 9.07. Hey, honey. Terry. Virgil. There is $30,000 missing from supplies and salaries account. Do you know anything about that? Honey. I was hoping I could put that back before you found out about it. How could you gamble away $30,000 that doesn't even belong to you? Honey, it was just it was just a loan. I, I thought if I'd won that we'd have enough. A, a stake we could... We could start our own stables. Our own stables? We're doing fine here with Daddy. We're partners. You and your daddy are partners. I'm no better a stable hand. 
Honey, I'm sorry. My debts just seem to snowball on me, baby. Look, we got married for better or for worse. And I guess this is the worst, but I promise you, I will pay back every cent. You're the only thing that matters to me. You are my favorite princess. Do you know about fem cells? Fem cells, no. Okay, so they're basically like female incels based on the, you know, word blend. But they are like women who are like, I am so hideously unattractive that men won't look at me. I'll never be treated the same. I'll never, whatever else. All the stuff that incels internalize, but with women, which is awful to me just as a casual observer, because I'm like, none of you could be that bad. No. Like, literally none of you could be so bad that not one guy would, like, fuck you and love you. Like, it's just impossible. Like... Yeah. And when I see this sweet woman, the way she won't even look her, her thieving husband that Mm -hmm. has stolen from her family business, her father in dead mother's money. He has stolen stolen for gambling debts for the business he's in. That's like being, you know, you can't be a monkey and sell bananas. That's what Coke dealers say, right? Oh, really? You can't be in, you can't, why? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I heard someone say that. She she did sing the monkey song. So, oh my God, there you go, right? So, but like, truly, like, this man is working in horse racing and also betting on and the be- ponies. Double dipping. I mean, there's a reason why Pete Rose is no longer in baseball. Okay, like, oh, have we not learned the lessons? Okay. <laughs> yeah, have we not learned the lessons of Pete Rose? Peter I don't, Rose. I did not learn that lesson. He bet on his, uh, and he was a coach. Oh, and it was like, and fast forward to me going to Caesar's Palace a few years ago and walking through the malls and the, the Caesar Palace mall thing shops. And there was like a sports memorabilia shop, and there's Pete Rose sitting at a fold-out table trying to sign autographs, and no one's there just to... Because he's a cheater. He's a cheater, and he was, he, was the, he was the original Virgil. I've always wanted to go, though, during like Super Bowl season and like make some of those wacky bets where I'm like, yeah. I bet Travis Scott will pull his dick out or like whatever it is they do. Uh-huh. You know when they do like wacky bets? Yeah, wacky, wacky Super Bowl bets. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how Virgil got into his problems. Mm-hmm. You know, he made wacky Super Bowl bets. So, they're training the horses out on the farm again. They're making the horse walk through water up to its head, which I was like, the only thing that could be good for is muscle training, right? Yeah, I wasn't really sure what that was about. I almost felt like Crystal Bernard made that note. Did you get that feeling like she was probably saying, she probably was like, hey, when I grew up, I grew up with horses, and one thing that we would do is we'd take them to the water, so why don't we do that? She probably did that in like the pre-production meetings. Honestly, yes. I mean, it must have been, because to me, that was such a deep cut. And if you think about it. That I couldn't relate to it. Like, I was like, no person who likes nose of a horse like from a storybook or whatever yeah there's not like a lot of none that. of us are like mm, that's a very well adjusted image it's not a tr- watching a, a horse wa- wade through water up to its eyes like but, its little snout but you know what though there's a lot of poeticism in it because later on we see like here's the horse almost being, in through, over through water mm. and later on we have an issue with horse and fire so it's like fire and water all that oh, there's actually like a level there fuck and you know what that yeah okay you there's know. a lot of metaphors by the way there. I think one thing we also uh, forgot to mention is that during that uh, is that the, the sexual chemistry between uh, Terry and um, Virgil 
it's very awkward when they when we do see them kiss. It looks like two people smushing sponges against each other. Do you know that? She's a weird kisser for sure. I did notice that about Crystal Bernard. I, know. I think she has issues about kissing men who are like not her husband or something. I think it's also like I've noticed, especially because we've done a couple of earlier 90s movies recently. You know who's the worst TV kisser? And it, can't, it hit me like, like smelling a fucking Yankee candle someone had <laughs> 20 years ago. What? Who? Helen Hunt. <sighs> Oh, Watching I see Helen that. Hunt kiss is a nightmare. Maybe she has like um, she's just she's a loud kisser. A loud kisser. I was gonna say maybe she's like um, maybe she has like uh, lip uh, anxieties because she has like very narrow lips, which mm-hmm. I don't mind. I actually like a thin lip personally. Sure, who you doesn't? Know? Um, but I can see her being like, my lips are so thin, people won't like my like it will not be nice for the other person. So I've got to overcompensate. I can imagine her having that anxiety, which is totally not necessary. It's also just like extreme movie kissing. Like, do you know what I mean? Where it's like, we're not here to cheat on our spouses. Okay. Mm. We're not here to win an Oscar. She's like aggressive. aggressive No, it's almost like, it's just sort of like, this is as far as it can go without it being hot or passionate. Right. You know what I mean? It's almost like when people like in movies like low key put their hand to the side of their mouth. Like it's like that yeah. without the hand on the mouth. Yeah, Crystal Bernard's technique is very much like sixth grade play. It looks like kissing a toddler. Yeah, it's like it's like, it's like a very which pronounced... comes up an odd amount on this podcast, by the way. I, I can imagine. Yeah, there's like a lot of very pursed lip reaction from her as she like goes in for the kiss and then they have to escort her out to the shadows often you know so we don't really have to see i it's it's it makes me so sad too because she is pretty like i want i want to go through the screen and say hey girl you know you're not like you're not as bad as you think you are yeah you got fucking sam still barking up your tree yeah absolutely and also like you know she I don't know when we're getting into this. This house is gorgeous that Gorge. she grew up and lived in. Gorge. Not enough time was spent in that gorgeous house. I could have. I could. I would literally Airbnb that for a thousand a night um, for like my fortieth birthday. Be beautiful. That's where that goes. Beautiful. Right? Instant hotel. So they're training the horses out on the farm again. They're making the horse walk in the water. Dad rolls up, and before like they can even really get into the conversation, he's like, "Hey, uh, I noticed we're missing thirty thousand dollars from the accounts." Mm-hmm. And Terry like starts to cover for him, and he's like, "Don't even worry about it. Like, I fucking know what's up here. This is about your husband and his dirty like gambling or whatever." Mm-hmm. So Terry's like, "Listen, man." Like, or Terry says to her dad, like, calm down. Don't worry about it. And tell, and the dad tells Virgil, you know what? You have a lot of charm going for you, which is why I like you and why Terry loves you. But I don't think you're telling the truth about a damn thing. And he tells him that if anything ever happens again, he will press charges. He's not going to let him come in and ruin his business he's built for 20 years. Well, <laughs> joke's on you, Frank, because you about to die. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. load in for another race. Terry tells the jockey not to use the whip on the last loop because it won't help, which I really liked because this is sort of like a very subtle shade to her not being abusive. Like she's like, I don't want to like not, fucking she doesn't want to hurt her horses because she knows every single inch of the horse and she knows what button to press on the horse to make mm-hmm. the horse to really motivate the horse. And if you think about it, it's mad true. If your horse is losing in the last loop, hitting it with that whip ain't going to help. Honey. It's not going to it. That's more, that's more about the jockey than anything else. Right. It's like, you know, whatever the jockey. Is to, yeah, exactly. Wait, do you, okay. Have you seen this YouTuber that was beating the shit out of her Doberman? I heard about it. I didn't see it. What a more, 
moron. Like, I will say, LAPD decided not to take her dog from her because they didn't see signs of abuse, which is, like, the sign of abuse was the fucking YouTube video that was uploaded. <laughs> yeah, that's a specific but, like, piece of evidence. This is, she's on some real Virgil shit because, like, the ignorance and stupidity to fuck with 112 pounds of fucking pure dog muscle is the dumbest thing you can do. do. That. Not do that. I'm a little scared of horses, I have to say. I think horses can, like... They kick hard, you know? You know, you got to bring an energy to it. I know, but the thing is, I don't bring that energy. It's no, 100%. Because like, what my energy that I bring is, okay, Ben, they know you have an unsettled energy, so bring, like, a positive energy. And then, like, I bring the positive energy, and I'm like, they can totally tell that this positive energy is a fake energy, which then makes it even faker and more anxious. Right, right, right. They're like, oh, he's a liar. No, yeah. I mean, listen, like, I, I will say, I also feel uneasy around, like, certain animals for the same reason. Horses in particular, like, I don't think I could own a horse. I could no. go to horse camp one summer two weeks girl scout camp what's up camp Obasso, uh new hampshire okay so we load in for another race terry tells the jockey not to use the whip blah, blah, blah. so virgil knows he's in trouble but terry tells her dad that everything's going to be all right i'll come around mm-hmm. um they watch the races from the sideline and the horse malfunctions sort of he just yeah, like a little whole breakdown thing. which makes sense in a little big because we're going to find out that maybe the horse is on cocaine yeah that was a great twist i was like we were like by the way, we're like seven minutes into this movie, and there's already like horse cocaine allegations. And I'm not like shocked. Like, I mean, I'd like, I like, I was the like, horse Molly, was talking don't be a lot. so naive. <laughs> the horse wouldn't shut up. <laughs> the horse wouldn't shut up and had like a modeling contract. And I was like, what is going on with this horse? What is it on? The horse was like, you remind me so much of my childhood best friend. They invited <laughs> me to Palm Springs. Like, they gave me their number. I never fucking heard from them. <laughs> never again. No, no, no. And they yeah. borrowed. $40 like what the fuck <laughs> like so um, anyway they are like are, are accused of drugging this horse the police are there which I didn't know like I mean I guess it makes sense they call the police if it your was horse just like, is wild in I mean there was like all this stuff that happened really really quickly first the horse like is going around in circles and then throws the jockey off and then they take like a, they take like a sample of the horse's blood or something yeah and then next thing you know Frank and Terry are like at the DA and we know it's serious because there's like an overhead shot with a fan, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, if you're in the South and you ever have a shot where the fan is in the foreground, it's like, oh, someone's in trouble. Yeah, I that know. That means the system is about to work against our characters. It's It actually was, I was like, this fucking escalated. Like, I mean, I'm glad that they hold people accountable for this stuff, but uh-huh. I'm sure this has way less to do with giving a horse cocaine and more to do with the fact that there's like gambling debts potentially involved in this. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. The last thing I expected the DA to say was, um, did you spray cocaine into the horse's lungs? I was like, not where I thought this was going to go. But like, what about all the people that spray cocaine into their horse's lungs and it's not for profit? Like, what about the people that just do it because they're fucking sick? Like, if I was the DA, I'd be like, you know what? I get why you would do it. Not that they did. Mm -hmm. But I'd be like, I get why you would do it. But, like, there's probably randoms doing way worse. Yeah. I would rather catch someone who's sexually abusing a horse than someone who's pumping it full of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. that seems like a gigantic waste of money. I just feel like, you know, for me, I was like, this Lifetime movie is crazy. Yeah. But actually, apparently, it was like a thing to put cocaine in horses. Makes sense. So... 
Terry and her dad are at the police station answering all these questions. And the police officer's like, I see you're missing 30K from your account. And the dad's like, listen, I just some lazy bookkeeping. I didn't, you know, mean to get let it get ahead of me or whatever. And the officer's like, well, what about the investors you have in your stables? Um, he's like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, they placed a lot of money on Dazzling Dreamer, didn't they? I wasn't even following this, right? Yeah, but I mean, basically, there was like a lot, well, because this, like, she was like, the the DA was coming on hot and heavy with like these accusations, like a DA slash police well, officer. Are they in bed with Lorraine? Like, is this what I'm Loretta? realizing? Loretta. Yeah. So like now I'm realizing, okay, investor is Loretta. Where don't worry, you, guys, you'll figure this out. Either way, I mean, I think it, what what was happening was that there's like you're missing thirty thousand dollars, and then all of a sudden you have all these bets. You're missing thirty thousand dollars, and now you got to make up for it. And so you made this. And wild now bet your horse is and, full of coke. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, like WTF. And I I will say again, like I really think that if this horse had was on Coke and it didn't wild out, this is all about the county being mad for all the other people in the race who lost money because that mm-hmm. one horse went off, right? Yeah. So Frank laughs it off and says that the trainers place bets on the horses all the time. They knew that and nobody else did. They thought it was a sure thing. She says that no horse is a sure thing unless they have some sort of advantage, like drugging. And he's really upset by this. He's never done anything wrong in his life. And she pulls out a plastic bag that has like a device in it that's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's probably like what people suck their baby snot up with. Like yeah. it's like turkey baster or some shit. And um, I should have a child. And um, she's like, yeah, it's what we give the horses when they have blockages in their airways. And she's like, well, did you use it on Dazzling Dreamer before the race? And he's like, yeah, of course we did. Um, well, it turns out that that shit has been full of fresh cocaine. Fresh they cocaine. They refer to it as. Which I'm like, what's yeah. that? What's <laughs> was, fresh cocaine? It was like freshly, like freshly off like the cocaine flower. Whereas opposed, like, I mean, like, I mean, maybe they went through when they were like, this is some like old coke. Mm-hmm. Like. We can't try like, that. That's some old Coke maybe that was like you bought it secondhand. This was some excellent, excellent Coke. Frosh fit for a, Fit for a horse. So at home, Frank is on the phone with someone named George saying, you know, you should come over. I'm having dinner with my lawyer tonight. You know, even though we've been friends for years. He goes, oh, even though we've been friends for years, uh, my hands are tied. And he goes, ask yourself one question, George. Who tied them? Yeah. So is George Loretta's? I think that George is just like a some Joe just a no one, rich guy. just someone. Someone like maybe there's a connection to some other characters later on, but I think it's just it's just like a moment to show frustration. This was this was his like, friends turned on him immediately. Yeah, this is very much like Jerry Maguire has lost all his clients and is like going to New York to sign Jerry O'Connell. Do you know everyone like tells me that I looked exactly like Jonathan Lipnicki when I was a baby? Really? Yeah, like when Jerry Maguire came out, like my mom got so many calls from friends being like, oh my god, Molly's just like that little boy. Wow, I got a lot of Renee Zellweger. <laughs> oh my god, what like what a couple's costume for us for Halloween. <laughs> so <laughs> we find out the state has withdrawn them from anything to do with racing, etc. until all this is over with. Terry is obviously upset. Oh, she very much She so. can't even leave the house, let alone like, I'm, you know. Which is 
more or less what she would have been like anyway. I know. But, you know, because she has issues. It's just sad. So the one thing she had was taken away from her. But Virgil's sitting there with his head down, like, well, all this is happening. He's not, like, concerned or piping up or anything like mm-hmm. that. And Dad says, you know, do you know anything about this? And he's like, of course I don't. Like, not at all. Like, I don't, you know, I place bets, but, like, I quit. Like, I'm not doing I'm that not, anymore. I'm not a gambling man. You, I'm, I'm good. Like, why would I, why would I, as someone who cost this family $30,000, feel compelled to gamble again Absolutely after that not. doesn't no. make sense and i most certainly have not been hanging out by your car i'm clean yeah so frank says he's gonna go check into this and terry's like you know what it makes no sense he wouldn't have done that when dreamer was obviously gonna win mm-hmm. poor terry what a molly like literally what a mall she's, like she's, she's she is loving and would, trusting who would give your horse cocaine like we're obviously gonna win you guys yeah it's also like she's like she was saving that cocaine for us for later like why he wasn't gonna give to the horse <laughs> so Virgil hopes that after his name is cleared Frank will believe her when he says that he loves Terry more than anything in the world and he never do anything to hurt her so this is Virgil's hope right exactly she walks her down to the car and he's like listen I always think of Virgil as a fucking sociopath. Um, But when I hear him talk about you, I think he might have a heart. Anyway, like, keep an eye on him. And she's like, he makes me happy, Dad. And he's like, all I want really is to, like, for you to be happy. And, and, you know, usually, like, if if someone in a movie like this says something nice about someone before they get into a car at night, it's it's, this is not going to go well at all. I'm so, I, like, literally am so naive. I wrote my notes. I'm like, this is a really sweet scene. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, he's dying right now. I was like, and, and I was like, especially, I was like, if we, if the next thing we see is him driving, then it's over. And sure enough, we see him driving. Too. And uh, this was a great, great piece of acting right here. We got, a, like, a good five seconds of his just, like, face realizing he's going off the, but, like, before we could even realize how he's losing control of the car, smash cut to a ser- uh, cemetery. Yeah, like, it's like they don't even, they, they don't, they just cut right to it. By the way, um, I have a question. So when he, like, drove out of his driveway, he's just gonna, like, barrel right into traffic? Did he not have to hit the brakes to look both ways before he pulled out of the driveway? This is a very common problem in, yeah. like, this whole part of the country like i'm telling you like i this is how that guy on the bachelor like killed his neighbor chris uh oh he did yeah he he break someone uh uh, he was just drunk driving down the street and like railed someone on a tractor and the guy died it's like well that's drunk driving but also like if you live in certain parts of the country you don't have to use your brakes until necessary or honestly like if you live in a place where no one has ever fucking cross the street at the same time as you, which that mm-hmm. sort of looked like. That didn't really look like there's a lot of traffic there type of street. He you just, just sort can, of pull he knows out he can com- pull out. You pull out comfortably. You don't think like, oh, I have to look both ways. Why? When when there's no one coming for 20 miles in either direction. That's true. And he just, and he just goes straight because it's not that windy. And then it finally gets windy. This seems like the part of the country where you wouldn't even tell your children to look both ways. I think I think this is the part of the country where it's just known you hit the gas and you drive until you're a man. You, you know? fucking go, you fucking go, bitch. You start off at twelve and you go. My cousin, after getting into his second near lethal motorcycle accident in Texas, um, my aunt was like, "Well, James learned his lesson and he's going to start wearing a helmet now." <laughs> And okay. I was like, oh, that was the lesson. Yeah. The lesson was to wear a helmet. After like, the there's parts time. of the country where it's just, like, actually the wild fucking West when it comes to driving. Like, the guy, Chris, from The Bachelor Who Killed Someone, like, a drunk driver. Yes, he's an alcoholic and blah, 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 whatever. I'm not his... I'm. 
I'm not a sponsor, but like it's clear, very clearly the case, right? When you're driving home with a car full of liquor bottles, um, they're just used to drunk driving out there. Mm-hmm. Like they just, it's like I can drive two miles shit face it's not going to make a difference i'm yeah. not going to see anyone is it possible also by the way the dad was a terrible driver i mean he could have just like had a normal car accident it's i think it maybe could be a two-hander yeah i also was not aware that the dad didn't live at that house until i am recapping this right now for well, some reason i thought the three of them lived together maybe he was going to go see george whose hands were tied he's gonna be like george i'm, I'm your gonna friend. untie you i'm your friend and you should be hanging out with me right now tea okay so (laughs) terry's at the farm talking to some guy she's doing business with and she leaves the barn and sees this other guy sam talking to the farmers and she's stunned Mm -hmm. we get like a little advanced flashback to that night where she ruined her face and the guy next to her in the passenger seat is also the guy sam that's standing Mm, by that train she's like oh my god he's back right we love a he's back in town yeah he's he's he just He's just back in town. He's back in town to ruin your fucking life, your vagina, yeah. your life, everything about he wants it. A, he wants a truck company now. Mm-hmm. He wants to get into trucks. He's going to bring some mystery and, uh, you know, the pain. So it's him. He comes up to her and he's surprised to see her. 1739 to 1910. Period. Sam. What are you doing here? I thought you were in the army. Oh, I was. I blew out my knee on maneuvers. Took my disability money and bought me some trucks. Be uh, starting up on my own, I think. You gonna start up around here? Transporting horses to the courses. Yeah, I know trucks and no horses. Well, Piedmont Valley has a lot of both. You saying I shouldn't have come home? Here, I heard about your dad, and I'm really sorry. married yeah six months ago i guess i finally had to move on terry you're as direct as always is he, is he a good guy he's the best i'm glad you deserve the best i thought a lot about you i still think about what might have happened if i'd have stayed i never do your trouble you and frank could have never done anything like that if there's anything i can do i appreciate that sam i'll see you around Okay, so Billy Dean plays Sam, and I just had like a real moment when I was watching this on a slightly larger screen than my computer that he looks a lot like a guy that I dated in my early 20s that was older than me, Mm. um, whose name was Billy Dean. He's just very, he has like an allure to him, but also like... I'm over here like, girl, you should know better, okay? Because at the end of this, even though we're supposed to love Sam, Moz doesn't love Sam. Sam lacks personality. He leaves a lot to be desired in every category of being a human. He should, like, that character should be so fucking hot. 
She should just be like when he comes in. First of all, if it were if this movie were made now, it'd be like Joe Manganiello or something like this. Right, this guy right. who's like went off to the military and came back, wants a trucking company, and he's just like he should just sexy. be like kinder or maybe more understanding or more sorry. Uh, yeah, I was that, looking for too. like those things. I, those were the sort of the things that like when he sort of gets frustrated with her later mm-hmm. on. I'm like. <laughs> How dare you? He well, like, he's just not consistent as a character. He sometimes he's like very go along with it. Sometimes he's a hero, and sometimes he's like he's annoying like that. He, he gets angry at her, but but yeah, there's not a huge amount of contrition. This movie brings, in terms of our scale, a lot of big fives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like I'm talking big five cries. I'm mm. talking big five uh, female victimization. Huge makeup is everywhere. We've got the biggest five of makeup of all time. Yeah, the wig. You've got great things going on in this movie. So we're going to drive back to the farm. Coincidentally, right when they're hanging the sign that says Virgil Chances Stables. Mm -hmm. Now, I forgot already that Virgil is her husband. It's not the dad. They were. It's not a memorial Virgil. Virgil has taken over. How dare you? How dare you? By the way, there's like tradition in that name. Mm -hmm. And I know the whole he's trying to like do this, the gaslighter and that like we have to like like erase our ourselves from the past because obviously there's this scandal that has like ruined everything. But how dare you? The guy just died. He also doesn't even say it the way that you just said it. Like at no point does he say something like, well, later on he's like, don't touch the horses because you're bad luck. But like he's never like, you know, like we we were going to move on honorably. It's like we have to move on from your father's image, which all of her yes. father did was love this daughter take care of her after her mother passed away, adored her and treated her like gold after she was um, fucked up beyond all recognition facially. Yeah. And then, you know, like and, left this... Di- I mean, I'm let's just, be honest, by mm, the way. I'm the done da- with the, Virgil. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Canceled. Frank, he is... Virgil's way canceled. But also, Frank's dead. So yeah. like all the scandal... Like when this stuff happens, what the, all the scandal, it just sort of like goes away now because he's dead. And in real life, people would start to be like, the sympathy would kick in. Let's remember the good things that he did, not the scandal. Like, so there's no need to change it no, to Virgil Chance. No, they're railroading. Farms. They're railroading the memory of he him. He has an agenda. And, like, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm from like a little bit of like a place of the country where everyone has like their nose in the air or whatever. But like, it would be like, it would be. Why would we name something after Virgil? No reason. Like he has no, he doesn't deserve this. He's like, he's he's, a, yeah. a, he's the son of a shoe salesman. Change which, it to like, just like a generic thing. Like, like, um, warm, warm shadows farms or something like, or like sleepy just Creek farms. Let the, you know, give it, give it like, give it a good eight weeks for the publicity to die down. Yeah. You know what? Because that's going to be a whole thing. You're going to tell me anyone in this whole fucking town think Frank thinks that Frank knows Virgil, where to Virgil acquire Chance. and then give horses cocaine? They think that the dad was a part of this? Absolutely not. This man has a, an illustrious history of raising horses, tr- like training them to do all this shit, running this ranch. All of a sudden, this man in his in his twilight years gets into dosing the horses with cocaine no if anything we have to look back on that as a sad story of a man who came into dementia and started making inappropriate moves yeah you know what by the way you know who should have had frank's back who marion the wealthy lady 
Oh yeah, yeah. She should have because she should because because she knows what's up. Also, later on, she's smart and she like she oh. should have been like when like, she turns her light on, honey, it's bright. It is bright. I was like, and I you know was what, in the though? shadow of that. She's, and you know what though? She probably turned her light on when this. She probably knows. She knows Frank. She hired Frank, basically. Mm -hmm. So she knows Frank, and she should have said to that DA, listen here, I am Marion, the town lady, Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you right now, you're you're doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. This is wrong. You have to look deeper into this, because that is not the Frank that I know. And if you try to pursue this any further, I'm pulling funding from your daughter's school. Done. So quickly move past the scene where Terry tries to touch a horse in the barn, her starliner, and he's like, don't touch the horses. You're bad luck. Yeah, that was uh, so, it's a bad way, luck. So obnoxious. Virgil says that it's not a good idea for her to even be feeding the horses grain. They have this trial coming up. So, uh oh, speaking of trial, she goes, oh, he goes, it's everything's in my name. It doesn't matter if you feed the horses or not. It's just a bad look. And I went like my fucking stomach hit the floor, bitch. Like I mm. was like. Terry. Why is it in your name, Virgil? Why? Yeah. Why does Virgil have everything? In, why is the grain in Virgil's name? Okay. Especially because Frank was pretty clear with Terry that he never even really liked Virgil. So it seems like there's no way that it would have just automatically be left to Virgil. Like, mm-hmm. that. I'm, non- I'm uncomfortable. If I were honey. Frank, I probably would have fired Virgil as he started to go down this. Pro- Once I saw that, like, Virgil was, like, coming on strong to my daughter. And, like, Frank's smart. He can see what's going on here this guy's like a shitty right first of all why was he even what you know what why was he even hired he's a shitty horse trainer that's why was where, he on the farm that's what i think too that's is i'm like oversight. how far does this go back and that's why i'm looking forward to the series that never happened yeah and which like in the third episode we would flash back to frank like handing him a silver dollar on the street as a child mm-hmm. you know what i mean or like he, i like, need fudge that his resume or he has something on frank or something like that absolutely so um yeah, all these owners have backed away from them. They're lucky they still have the horses they Illegi- do. Illegitimate son of his dead wife. That's why he's there. Oh, well, but then he wouldn't be married to the daughter. Okay, take it back. Yeah. I was excited about it for Well, a I mean, it also could be his first, like, a, an affair he had. Or I'm thinking maybe, in my mind, Virgil was a homeless boy on the streets. Yeah, but he, I like that. With, like, like, a, like a, a, a deaf and blind mother. Uh-huh. And one day, Virgil walked on the street and handed him a silver dollar and said, come up to my ranch if you ever want to see me. And even though Virgil could barely tie his shoes, he was like, here, take this Frank's pitchfork. Frank's not going to give up on him. Right? Mm-hmm. And so Virgil couldn't read or anything and maybe he could speak some braille even though he was seeing and hearing he could only speak braille and that's like sort of like the like that is the version in which frank completely overlooks the fact that he thinks virgil is heartless cares about no one or nothing because it's actually for frank it's about something deeper which is like i wanted a son the reason why frank he wants a son but the reason why frank wants to train all these horses Mm -hmm. is for him, it's that ability to train the horses. And he probably has a scene where he's like, you know, the thing is with Virgil, you see those horses out there? Right. Those horses, those were wild horses. Right. And I got, the, I, I took those wild horses and I made them champions. And if you think I'm giving up on Virgil, did I ever give up on those horses? It's like this whole thing and Terry's crying and we're 100%. all crying. 100%. You know? And, you know, with horses, it's never about, like, with a horse, you can't abuse them to get them to behave. It's all about emotional respect. It's all about boundaries. Something that Frank probably didn't have as a child. So, 
Yeah. I agree. It all, I think it that's all why lines Virgil's up. there. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like very sound. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she hands over the gloves. Let's go to court, uh, 2030 to 2223. I'm sorry, honey. It's just the way things have to be. You say the Hadleys were straight people, and yet wasn't there an attempt to defraud investors? Absolutely not. Didn't your wife misappropriate $30,000 from stable accounts meant to cover operational costs? No. I used that money to cover some personal debts. But isn't it a fact that she was the one that manipulated the books? Yes, but... Yes or no? Did you or anyone else ask or instruct her to manipulate those books? No. Thank you. That'll be all, Mr. Chance. You may step down, Mr. Chance. Now, if Dazzling Dreamer had won that race, wouldn't that have solved your financial problems? Objection. Calls for speculation. Sustained. Withdrawn. Mrs. Chance, you were aware, were you not, that the odds on your horse that day were 8 to 1? Well, I really don't pay any attention to that. But you knew that the odds were 8 to 1. Oh, yes. So isn't it true, with the wager of $5,000, your horse winning would have netted you $40,000? Yes. Wouldn't $40,000 have solved your financial problems? Objection. Leading the witness. Overruled. Answer the question, Mrs. Chance. Yes. And that's why you drugged your horse, isn't it? No. I mean, no. I did not drug him. No. There must be some mistake. Daddy and I do not drug horses. We love them very much. But can you explain how fresh cocaine got on the tube which you handled just prior to the race? Horse racing must keep its good name clean. The sentence of this court is that Terry Hadley Chance be remanded to the Virginia Institution for Women for the term prescribed by law of not more than three years and not less than one year. Court is adjourned. After she is convicted, she looks at Virgil and he can't even bring himself to get up and comfort her, even mm-hmm. though he basically just like wrote her three year sentence. Yeah. Um, luckily, her ex, Sam, that dumped her has come to court that day and he's basically the last person she makes eye contact with before mm-hmm. she walks in a slammer um, right away being bullied by other inmates. You know, not oh, being yeah. a confident person is not going to get you very far in jail. Well, you either got to have yeah. confidence or you got to mind your own fucking business. And Terry is someone who cares way too much. I think it's also like really important, I think, for listeners to appreciate the fact that this movie is like 23 minutes in and already she (laughs) has, um, there's been like a horse coke scandal. (laughs) There's been like a murder. There has been an entire trial that has happened. Okay. There has been an ex that came back with who wants to start a trucking business. And now she's in jail trying to fend her way, trying to deal with like, like lesbian bullies. Yeah. And here I am still mentally. Mentally, like processing that scene in which she's laying on her hip and they're injecting her with yeah, like a fucking turkey baster. Like it's all There's nuts. Two like, different it, flashbacks it's to her origin story. Wild. So she a gets bullied. You know, I watched Sixty Days in. I know how you got to act in prison. Okay, you got to be like real tough. Mm-hmm. So they throw her lunch tray on the ground, and thankfully she's not dumb. She doesn't snitch. They like are like go pick it up. So she's on the ground, like, and all the other girls are like, and be like, fucking pussy. Mm-hmm. Like, which by the way is like sort of like a. Jail is a real lose-lose situation because, like, if you're a snitch, you're going to die. But if you, like, don't snitch and you're picking up your sloppy joe with your fingers, like, they're going to beat you up. Exactly. You know, I think something that works against her is that, like, even though she's in jail, she's, like, still very insistent that she wears a scrunchie. Mm. And I think that that's, like, maybe not a good 
a jail look. I think that's going to attract the bullies if you're wearing a scrunchie in jail. Well, I also feel like if you have extreme facial scarring, like that's a that's where you want to like rock a calling it. Car. Yeah, it's like that's like uh, hello. Yeah, I got this during an insane like bar fight. That's like lie. that's like being one person at one school, and then you move over the summer and you walk in, and the thing that was your weakness is like now your strength, and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I fucking took a knife to the face. Yeah. Well, instead of that, she's gonna take another one, but we'll get there. So one of the inmates, <laughs> a tough blonde with tats, asked Terry if she can take a look at her face. They're in the yard, right? Mm-hmm. Also, the yard here is like kind of like a gold's gem. Like it's yeah. literally like the gold's gem in Hollywood. It reminds me of like Plummer Park in Hollywood, where there's like tennis courts, but there's also these like weird sort of like outdoor gym things. Where Weight you can do machines. Like, yeah, and I'm like, why would inmates ever have access to something as potentially damaging as a weight machine? Like, if you yeah. hold one of your fellow inmates' hands in that and you slam it down, you break their fucking whole fingers off. It doesn't make sense. I guess they just have to, like, work off their their anger because if they don't, they're just going to riot. Well, then you can fucking take a basketball and run around the yard like every other one, every other person in prison. You know, I watched right. 60 Days In. And you know what? I totally would have been into this movie if she, like, emerges from this as, like, a basketball star. Right. Or, like, had... But, I mean, you know, she does get good at weights, which I will say, freelifting as a woman, not She's... necessarily the thing that we're built to do or known to do. But I like, you know, know many powerful women that take that on. She really, she's really, really has a, a nice sort of um, empower, like a fitness journey that she goes on. She's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, I actually like, it's, it's the very privilege in me when I look at things like that. And I'm like, you know what? We could all use six months in jail. Like, you know yeah. You know, the or, reading, the mm-hmm. working out, the alone time, the meditation. You know, never forget also Ruthless People where Bette Midler gets abducted. That's by like Judge Reinhold and Helen Slater, and they keep her down in the basement, and she has nothing to do, so she starts working out, and she gets a great body. That like movie was so iconic to me. It's I actually, used to I rent a, that all the time. It's a little actually underappreciated because it's actually such an amazing movie. I know it is underappreciated. It is. It's the ducks. They had the duck masks. The duck right? masks, but it was like this. I. <laughs> I just will always remember there's a scene where because you know he Danny DeVito doesn't care that they still stole his wife because he's mm-hmm. gonna kill her yeah so they call to be like we want sixty thousand dollars and he's like no he's like fine fifty thousand dollars and Bittman's like what I'm being marked down <laughs> <laughs> no it's a great movie it's a great movie um, yeah I think that's a really I think Quick Change is sort of like that too where it's just mm, like a I don't mo- think I ever saw that was like the Bill Murray, Bill Murray. and Gina Davis mm-hmm. yeah it's like but. I think that might be even more iconic than Quick Change. Okay, so she sits down alone, and a woman on one of the weightlifting machines, Della Reese, not Della Reese, leans over to talk to her. This is going to be the one time we hear her name before the end of the movie, so make sure you listen up real good. Okay, 2351 to 2541. Better wise up. You're going to be in trouble. What happened to your face? Somebody cut you? No. I was in an accident when I was 17. Tough break, kiddo. Only now, it's gonna get tougher. We all waiting for some bitch to call you out. Stand up for yourself. They'll take everything from you. And what do you want? Lady, sure not a privilege. Keep your medal. Excuse me. Miss? Thank you. Just don't forget what I said. 
learn it? Business school. See, I always figured the best way to get some place in this world is to work a nice office, wear stylish clothes, and count money all day long. I studied investment banking at Piedmont Valley College. Yeah. I turned down Harvard, too. So you in the laundry business? Excuse me. God, you are green. <laughs> hey. I ran the books for a club in Richmond. A place to wash the money for the big boys up in the Big Apple in D.C. Dirty cash in, clean cash out. I'm Della Ray Sanders. Terry Hadley Chance. What? Terry had a chance. This power okay. walk. <laughs> no, I know this. That, that power is like I. I wish that there was more to the way that she power walks through the visitation center. I that I. I wanted to like. I wanted to be able to carry this in somehow from that <laughs> clip. I just want to say really quickly that Vanessa Paul is the one who plays Della Rose, and she has had. Della Ray. She has had huge roles. She was on Walker, Texas Ranger, a show that comes up over and over again when mm. I'm in this um, Lifetime thing. American Dreams. She was on Amer- oh. American Dreams comes up more often than probably almost any other show wow. we talk about on this podcast. Most recently, in Baskets, she played Gloria. Oh, so she's like, I mean, she's very current. I mean, she was a very good actress in this. In Denver Revisited. Yeah, she's great. She's a great little actress in this. And she actually winds up being one of the most important people in this whole Mm -hmm. movie. For me, you know, she reminds me of when I went to my first school, like, in the city. I went to a private school in the city, but it wasn't, like, a fancy private school. It was just sort of, like... If you don't want your kids going to school in South Boston, you go there. But for some reason, my mom took me out of the best. Was it like Milton? It was called Newman Prep. Milton Academy is really good school. Yeah. Um, it's called Newman Prep. And it was like a Catholic school that had like 45 kids per class. We we're on Marlboro Street. And um, unlimited it, salad dressing. Unlimited salad dressing. But we actually had no food. Um, we had to like walk to get food, which is great. But. It was like if you didn't if you lived in South Boston and you didn't want to send your kids to parochial school but you didn't want to like send them to public school you'd send them to Newman Prep if they could get in right mm-hmm. For some reason my mom took me out of probably one of the first or second best public schools in the state and sent me to Newman Prep for a year and I remember going, I took a summer math class going in because I'm dyslexic not to brag as you guys all know. Um, I can't do math so I had to do like a pre can you go to this school math class? And like when I got there, this fucking goth girl was sitting next to me mm-hmm. and she was nice to me. And I was alarmed. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll take the niceness, but honey, I don't trust you. You're goth. Right. Mm-hmm. So when she walks up and Della Ray is like pumping iron and being like, where are you from? Like, you know, I, 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 I saw that in her. I saw that same sort of fear, but little did she know much like my goth friend, Lauren, Friends forever. Friends, see? You know, sometimes you show up, you're afraid of a goth. Sometimes you show up, you're afraid of the tough girl on the weightlifting machine in prison. Mm-hmm. Either way, friends for life. But those Della Rays, they have amazing advice that they learned from business school. You know, never show fear. You know, I love that she also was like, oh, like, yeah, I skipped on Harvard too. I was like, all right, let's be real. Like an accounting degree is an accounting degree. Like it's not... Like, I mean, it, it's a nice degree, but, like, if you're an accountant, it doesn't matter if you went to Harvard or Connecticut Yeah, also, like, college. why <laughs> did you go all the way through business school only to do, like, 
to cook the bucks? I mean, I mean, that's a question for a lot of people, actually. By the way, that's a broader thing, food for thought, for people to think, think about. I mean, here's the thing, is that a degree is a great way to hide up your true intentions to have been a right. criminal the whole time. Because that's where the money is, baby. You can be like, listen, I'm just a CPA. I didn't realize. I just like that she's just like a fucking Wharton grad who's like, yeah. <laughs> I went to Ward and now I'm in the slammer. Yeah. Well, because she saw that in her. She's like, you know what? I used to be a little innocent bitch, too. I was a little mm-hmm. too nice, a little too smart, wind up getting caught up in the wrong thing. I can see the worst of myself living mm-hmm. truthfully within you at all times. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I We could all only hope. I feel like Christina is my Della Ray. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anytime there's two friends in a movie, I'm like, that's like me and Christina, <laughs> yeah. like as if she's my only friend. But like, truly, I feel like if I was in prison, Christina would be nice to me we, and protect me. Yeah, Delaray, <laughs> you know, Delaray is a good egg, and she only gets better and better throughout the movie. Do you want to know what it is? Is that the lead in every Lifetime movie is fucking pathetic? And mm-hmm. like, if it wasn't for the best friends, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, Terry is really. I mean, here's the thing. Terry was cute. I know she went through a serious trauma Mm -hmm. but she was raised like pretty pretty. and popular and like when you have like in those formative years of being like a pretty popular girl of like a wealthy all this stuff in this wealthy world like that confidence is in you and it powers you through i'm Mm -hmm. sorry even when you go through all the shit that she went through like she is acting like she was always the outcast and i don't believe that she was because she she was was driving around with sam jane maybe she was like a nice nice regular plain jane sort of like good girl pretty but i mean crystal bernard's acting as like pretend you're an ugly girl is amazing yeah because it's like she got one note which is sort of like pull your it's like like from what's it called uh roller skatey girl um uh, come on the show with all the girls the anorexic mackenzie phillips that lived in the house oh one day at a time yeah it's very like blair on that where it's like she's just a little bit insecure it's a little you know like so funny about that it's so weird that you would say that this is weird <laughs> my cousin is an actor named richard masser uh-huh. who i have not seen since like 1985 yeah um but i've always wanted to reconnect with him <laughs> come on out richard masser <laughs> richard masser i think i think I could double check. I think he was the original Schneider on One Day at a Time. And, no I, and the reason way. why that matters is because I looked up Richard Masser yesterday on IMDb. Well, why don't you just stop fucking stalking your cousin and, and send him a Facebook, an FB? Uh, he's not. I don't. I don't know how to. Like, he's. I'm older. verified. Do you he's, want me to DM him? Please. Okay. DM Richard Masser. <laughs> I'm verified. Are he's, you verified? No, how, I'm not. How do we not have a verified Ben and Ronnie in this world? That is truly I, the greatest because, shame in this life. Okay, well, because I don't know why. It's like, you know what? I really want to be verified because I, I put a lot of um, emphasis on superficial things mm-hmm. like that. And I tried to verify myself in April because there was this trainer that I follow on Instagram. And he put up, he did a post. He, he got, only ver- does verify. He got verified. And he does this post where he goes, hey, guys. Turns out, like, getting verified is easy. You just apply, and then three days later, I had my blue checkpoint. I was like, okay, it's a trainer. He got verified. At this point, we got Watch Your Crap Ins. We do live shows. We've been in, we've had articles written about us. Uh, I, I think I'm ready to get my, I think it's time. I think it's yeah. going to happen. And then I got, I applied. I got rejected. They said I wasn't notable enough. And I was like, but the trainer was notable. I was like, so I was like really upset by that because he probably like also is a liar. Like he probably I think he was has a liar. like you he know trains why he, Logan Paul or something. Well, you know why he's a liar? Because <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> no, because like two weeks ago, 
uh, was big, he made an announcement on his Instagram. He's going to be like a new beach body coach. Mm-hmm. And he has like a whole DVD coming out. I was like, so that was back in April. So clearly the contracts are going on. Beach body went and got you the blue check mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm like, you made me, like, I went through a personal thing where I was like, I got my hopes up. Mm-hmm. And you had like beach the beach body machine behind you giving you your check point, check mark. I got really upset by that. That is upsetting. I only got my check mark. I got my check mark. It would have gotten through a hello giggles if that hadn't happened already. But I got it because there was a couple people that were pretending to be me mm. and being like walking wags in Koreatown, and it would be like they got like at Molly McAleer. Oh. Or one was like at Gangsta Malls, and it would be like versions of something that I would type. But like, and it wasn't a. It was before parody accounts, and like the one that was at Molly McAleer that would be like, I was like, okay, someone else has my name. I get all different types of emails from Molly McAleers all the time. The worst one of which is she's a Catholic school teacher, and like nuns will RSVP to me for no. like they can't come to events, and like <laughs> I went through a fucking crisis because not only is she the other Molly McAleer, she's Molly C McAleer, no, no. right? So like I was like I this it would happen like once or twice a year is that a bunch of nuns would email me and say they couldn't come to the barbecue. And being raised Catholic, obviously that's a nightmare for me because like I would never want to disappoint a nun. No. Like I don't have any sort of negative association with them. I'm like they've given their life up, like, you know, they don't yeah. know joy, like whatever. But they're returning into your life in ways and you're not wanting. It was just like the guilt was too much, right? And so but when someone was being Molly McAleer and saying, I'm taking my dog wags for a walk in Koreatown, I was like, mm don't love that and like this is before a world of people being like you know i'm a nazi or whatever on twitter under your name so like but i still was really disturbed by it so at that time i check marks just started to pop up Mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck twitter verify me like there's people tweeting with my name and my dog's name talking about the town i live in and then i got verified yeah so far uh, no one has (laughs) well they've cracked down on verification because like you know if you wrote like a fucking blurb in a newspaper if you ever took out a personal ad in a newspaper, you would get verified for mm-hmm. a long time, yeah. um, which makes sense for journalistic purposes or whatever. They don't want to have someone write a you know an article about the local bingo game, and then you know then all of a sudden you're verified. You're like the bingo authority. But if you're not verified, then they're like, oh, the guy who wrote about bingo in the newspaper is um, holding a Nazi rally at his house on Tuesday. Like, you know, I don't know. Exactly. There's complications. We live in a fucking shit I, world and we're going to die. That's it. It's terrifying and I don't want to. And I there do- are a bunch of nuns who are, who are not on the, on, the guest, on the guest list somewhere because they RSVP to the wrong person. Yeah. If you guys also feel suicidal when you think about 2024, hit me up on Twitter at malls and let's get Ben very verified okay so um terry is booking it to visit with virgil (laughs) she looks like she shit her pants like when the way that she was walking across that i was like she either is finally gonna figure out how to eat her dinner without Uh getting thrown on the floor or she shat herself it's also like the classic um nurse going to inform a doctor that there's a medical emergency and then he has to stop what he's doing right now and go to a different room yes absolutely (laughs) very pre loudspeaker okay we need you to come in here right now so she asked him for some good news. He's like, look, the DA said it could take about a year to get anything moving. She's like, well, how's the stable? How's everything going? And he's like, listen, we got to like get down to the nitty gritty. I need to get a divorce. If we are ever going to save this family farm, we have to get divorced so that our names are not – so that people know I'm not doing business on your behalf. Um 
might be a good time for her to reach out to a lawyer just to, you know. I know. And that's like what kills me about poor Terry is that like she's not dumb. She just has low self-esteem. Like Mm -hmm. she really is like instead of taking this as like anything other than what it was like where she goes to, she's like, but I'm really in love with you. I can't mm-hmm. divorce you. Like, that's how into the sanctity of marriage she would rather, she it's like, it's, well, it's also she like, at the end of the, the day, business. it's the relationship is more important than any business, right? Because love is love. Right. To, to a normal person like Terry. Yeah. So, um, he's like, we don't need a government to recognize our love. I was like, oh, look at you, you little that's fucking privilege. tree fuck boy, fuck boy. Like, <laughs> you just fucking making it up as you go. Um, we have a future when you get out. So he brought the divorce papers with him all printed up. He needs her to sign them so we can save sobbing. the business. She's sobbing. sobbing. But also, Crystal does this amazing, amazing thing when she's in this makeup where when she's sad, her mouth is just agape. Yeah. And it's so ugly it, it's it's yeah it's it, it's just like it's it's gut-wrenching you know because the only thing that was keeping her through these long days was knowing that she'd be reunited with her husband the one man who would like who found her beautiful despite her her scarring my heart just felt so heavy like my heart physically feels i'm and, having a and, heart attack and, and she like does not want finally he like convinces her to sign it and she's like writing it and he like puts his hand on her like to be like okay like hurry up like he's like no no you're gonna do this yeah and so she, he like pretty quickly leaves. He's like, well, I gotta, I gotta get out of here and file these. Like, like I'll never leave hug. you alone. Bye. I just wrote, she's never gonna see his ass again. You know that. Like, mm-hmm. didn't even know Molly, but you knew. I'll, so, I'll tell you who knew. Della, she was sitting right. What's her name? De- Della Ray. Is it Della Ray? Okay, so Della Ray is sitting right behind him. The look on her face is iconic. She's just like, this motherfucker. Mm. She heard the whole thing. (laughs) So Virgil speaks to the owner of the horses that we met in the beginning who owns Starline. So it's not not the owner. That was a mess up on my notes. It's They're both two cotton top ladies. But Loretta is like a sexier older woman. Loretta is like an evil booker, bookie. Mm-hmm. She who, has a chignon. She yeah. <laughs> has like, she has a chignon. She has Smoker's a, voice. a, um, a bodyguard that works with her. Like she's uh-huh. very like, you know, she's that waspy sort of East coast moneyed thing. Low rent. Kathy Moriarty almost. Although Kathy Moriarty is more of like, a, like, uh, like Italian. Yeah. Well, no, her money's waspy. long. She, her money is long. Like, Yeah. yeah. But she also was like sort of like a horny like she's got a little Blanche Devereaux in her. She does. There's like definitely. Like, it's when the wasp inbreeds to that point mm-hmm. where it's like you just have dysfunctional family members. Yeah, and she's not a good. She's not a good bookie. She's not a good like loan shark because um, like. Well, I actually shouldn't say that she's not. It seems like she's always going back. For I more. mean, I will say that I think that actually, she, she is. is the definition of a good. Yeah, because he's always in debt. He, he's always in debt. She's getting. She's squeezing every last drop of blood out of him. By the way, the best part of of Loretta to me is that I don't think she needs this. She does. She, she no. is like a cat with a mouse. Like she doesn't give a shit. Like Mm-mm. she's like. I could or I couldn't. I don't know. She she just likes making him squirm. And he's hot. Mm hmm. And Which he's, and he's I think her. this actor, I talk about this a lot in my notes, but he is an actor who, I don't know if you feel this way. I know when I like look at like a guy, like a straight guy walking down the street, I'm like, I know how big your dick is exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't even need to like, if you undressed in front of me, I'd be like, obviously. Like, yeah. I knew it. Like, it's not, it's, I've never been surprised by a dick. I'll okay. tell you that, right? I've Good. never been like, oh my God, what? <laughs> um, 
I just have this, I've been, I think, a student of big dick energy for years. It's something that has really, like, um, possessed a part of my brain. And when I was, I was really upset when the public started talking about big dick energy because I was like, okay, (laughs) there are a select few of us that have been independently studying this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you just, like, fucking unleash this to the masses and now they're going to start diagnosing people. Mm -hmm. People do not know big dick energy when they see it. People are throwing it out there. It's not something you can casually throw out. You can't can't diagnose casually. You have to really be a student of it. And also, like, well, also, like, just, yeah, people don't know it when they see it. They think they know it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you're a fucking liar. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get it. You don't get the essence. Like, you're missing the main thing. Pete Davidson does have big dick energy. But he's an anomaly in that he does seem to care about some things. In order to have true BDE, you don't give a shit about anything. True. Right? Anything. True. Um, political, nothing. You don't care. Right? <laughs> this actor is maybe on the slightly larger side of average. Like, okay. he can pull it off. Right? But he, this actor manages to walk and act with a certain BDE. He does. But a degraded BDE, which I love, which is very Pete Davidson, where it's like, yeah, I have a big day, but also I know I'm kind of like a loser, but like, you know, he's like trying to leverage it all at once. You know what I mean? See, I was not getting BDE from him. I was getting actually on the, I was getting more on the smaller side because he's someone like when Frank like humiliated him at the party, you could Mm -hmm. see he was like really bothered by it. And he's like been, he's a guy who's been like riddled by insecurity. I I was reading. Okay. And so I was like not reading. I, I almost feel like if he was, if he had BDE, I almost feel like he'd be sloppier with his schemes because he wouldn't care. I, right. You know, well, he there is- he'd, be, he'd be messing up and it would just like, he wouldn't like, he'd be sloppy. I feel like, I think I blew my argument because like really where I that it, it came to me truly that he had BD was in the second to last like scene at the races where he was just walking in a way where I was like, that guy doesn't have a dick like that. <laughs> like he's really <laughs> acting like he's really captured something he's not. Um, and that's the most I have. The first and last thing I have to say about Virgil. OK. Um, like as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. OK. So basically, he's fucking evil. And that night, one of his employees comes to his door. It's like a farmhand, basically. And this mm-hmm. poor guy like doesn't even Sam get Shepard a name yeah. for all the things that he does in this movie. And suffers, too, at some point. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> He has a whole Terry situation of his own, dead name Terry. Yeah. So um, the employee comes to the door, and he's like, here's some stuff that you're going to need for this weekend's race. It's like a fucking eight ball of Coke. <laughs> like a huge, which I'm like, I was like, oh, my God, that's a lot. And then I was like, Molly, like, that's for a horse. Like, that's yeah, why it's a it's lot, a horse, right? It's a horse dose. Um, yeah. And he's like... In the shape he, of a carrot. Also gave him an envelope of cash, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Virgil pays the older woman off because he was a big winner. I don't know why I wrote that in my notes. Well, that, so this is where I got confused because, like... Virgil is like making bank now. Now that he's like in control and he's got his schemes going, he's making so much money. I'm like, why are you still in debt to this woman? Oh, I think okay. So I think that basically what it is is that he's a true fucking gambling he addict, just can't and help. he always has a little bit of a leash like behind him. Like mm-hmm. he's always a little bit on someone else's leash. Like he might be like, like he might be financially fine, but that doesn't mean he's not going to blow an extra 20,000. He doesn't have, you just would think at this point, like maybe like make your bets with the track where it's like not as dangerous to you where, you know, it's like, but he's like, keeps going back to this lady. I mean, I had to tell you, gambling is not my vice. It's not, it a, it's not a rational, so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but like at the same time, like, you know, like I, I went and played like skee ball this week. 
Mm. And like, I couldn't put $5 in that machine. I fucking put $20 in that machine. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I ski balled my ass off. And mm-hmm. then I got to the point where I was doing a lighting setup. And I was like, Jim, film my ski ball. We're going to make a YouTube channel for all my ski balls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing leads to another in a really dark way. And True. while I personally am not someone who's going to go bet on the ponies, like, I will say that sometimes things get out of control. They Gambling do. is a legitimate addiction in a way that makes me so uncomfortable because I can't imagine, like, you know, if you're going to piss your money away, at least have fun doing it. You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. that 30 seconds, like... It's thrill because when it does hit, it, it feels hits, baby. amazing. It feels great. But, like, to me, I'm like, we'll just do heroin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, as someone who hit the jackpot in Reno once... What happened? The, the very first time I ever went into a casino... I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I walk in. I put a quarter in because that was when you could actually still put quarters in. Mm-hmm. Put a quarter in. I got three back. And I was like, whoa. I didn't even know you could do that. I thought it was like jackpot or nothing. So mm-hmm. I was already like, you can get variations. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then <laughs> so then I took one of those quarters yeah. and I put it in. And it was like, ba-boom. Hit the tippy-top jackpot. Nuh-uh. Uh, if I had... Uh, if I had like done the bet with like two quarters, I would have I would have won like a thousand dollars, but instead I won like a two hundred fifty dollars. Um, but I also believe that if I put in two quarters, I would not have hit the jackpot. I, so yeah. Um, so back again, back in those days, like quarters came out and they just started pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And I had these buckets, and suddenly security guards appeared all around me because they like knew some like money was happening. Mm-hmm. So they, they appeared around me, and I was just taking that those coins. Are you and, drunk? Like, I had, I had literally just walked in. You're had, just a sober 21-year-old who put 21 a quarter. I am a sober 21-year-old with my brother. We walked in. <laughs> That's my so nerdy. My hand turned black from the quarters. <laughs> like, I, we were headed to the bar. We what had a just arrived boy. In, we had just arrived in yeah. Reno, and we, I, I was en route to the bar, and I did this on a whim, and I hit the jackpot. And then, and then, and then, the second time I was ever around slot machines, I was on a layover in Vegas, same thing. I put a quarter in. I, and I hit the jackpot. That. I hit the jackpot at the Vegas slots. So honestly, that was probably about eighteen years ago, and that was like you know chasing like. And now I just sort of always feel like if I put something in the if I try a slot, I might hit the jackpot because it happened to me twice in a row. Yeah. No, I know it's it's a it's a hell of a drug. It really, it really is. Did, did you hear the episode of Please Advise I did where I bought $500 worth of uh, scratch tickets for my no. friend and I? Um, and spoiler alert, you guys, um, probably four days later in a lot of emotional turmoil and maybe losing my friendship with my friend, which I didn't lose, but I was like pretty sure when he left my house that we were not going to be friends anymore because um, I couldn't handle my anxiety. I won back on my second to last ticket all no. $500. And I have the wow. whole fucking thing. That I'm, should be like a New Yorker article. No, like literally like the guy that um, has a, a hole in his throat that works at my corner store, he's like, that's God. And I was like, no, like literally I fucking believe, baby. Like, thank you, Jesus. Like I mm-hmm. literally, yeah. It's odds also. I mean, yes, But sure. actually no, it's not odds because in my mind, that's not odds. It's God's. That's God. That's God. It's God's. Because if you had one in 500 odds. God shuffled yeah. his feet. That's yeah. what I, that's <gasps> what I, Monkeys? Okay. So, <laughs> monkey too? Okay. So, yeah, no, monkey um, is a kin of mine. <laughs> the monkey is not my kin. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> By the way, like we should be so lucky. Like that is actually the best origin story for a human is that we used to be Absolutely. monkeys. Like monkeys are like so intelligent and so smart and so like like nimble and What other animal would you want to be? Think about it. You know, I never think about it because I'm very happy being a human. Totally. Well, like, though, I, I wouldn't say that, but... I well, mean, I mean, like... I mean, I don't know because... I mean, do I have to consider things like predators and You know what? Like I mean, that? it's hard to know the interior life of any other animal. Well, I just... I mean, I don't want to be an animal that's easily eaten. Maybe a dolphin. I think that's cliche. But, well, I mean, the only reason why I say that is because they probably, like, are smart enough to, like, have a fun time, but they don't have bills. Yeah, well, they do have bills, though. Isn't that funny? Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know I'm what, done. Though, here's why I can't say dolphin, in all honesty, because I was watching an episode of Love Island UK Are last they, night. They're called snouts. I, I think it's like a dolphin bill. I do know that when you go to Mexico, you're not allowed to grab it, and you're not allowed to put your finger in the dolphin fin or the dolphin and by the way, I don't, I don't want to do any of those things. Well, my, my all, mom and I went. All she wanted to do was grab its snout. And all I wanted to do was put the finger in the dolphin's breathing hole just for a second. And they said no no grabbing snouts and no putting the fingers in the holes. Disgusting. And I, I my like mom holes. and I both looked at each other and we were like, fuck. <laughs> and like we almost just like left. Like I almost didn't go swimming because I was like, well, that's what I came here to yeah. do. Is like I'm, just... I'm not even sure I even understand the appeal of kissing a dolphin. Like that's a wild animal. Yeah, but the thing is this also is that like I was watching Love Island UK last night and this, these two people were trying to connect and this guy goes, all right, question. If you could be half animal, what would it be? And she goes, all right, from the bottom down. I, like, I want to be me from the top up, but bottom down. It's like, yes, bottom down. He goes, how about this? We're going to say it at the same time, all right? She goes, all right, all right, let's do that. He goes, okay, three, <laughs> two, one. And they both go, dolphin. So now I feel like I can't say dolphin because it's A, claimed, and B, like, claimed on Love Island. Oh, but, like, where does that get you? What is two half humans and two half dolphins? Where does that get you? Well, it's funny to me that they choose... Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Why be half? If you're gonna they be a dolphin, be full stupid. dolphin. <laughs> like it's like at least pick an animal that you can obviously have sex with. Yeah, it's like I want to be human, <laughs> but I want. I don't want. I, mean, the I know dolphins can have sex with humans. I know that there's that woman that did that. And yeah. by the way, this is a huge. Uh, 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 yeah, we're just off, off a on a we're on a different world right now. We're gonna have to we go back from. to the prison where this poor woman still doesn't have a face, but. <laughs> And don't worry, um, if you're looking at the bottom, this movie that we're watching right now, it's labeled as five hours, nine minutes and 40 seconds because <laughs> some genius posted this to YouTube four times in a row, I think. <laughs> Love. Like that. We live. This movie isn't, we're not that far behind. I mean. So, Virgil. What's the mechanic? All right. I guess I just want to know, like, when someone asks that question, like, would you be like, a top half or a bottom half of any animal. Like, what are you really answering? Well, I feel like it's ridiculous to be a hat. Like, I want like a very functional bottom half. If I'm a bottom half. like a I'm centaur, saying. you have like a full horse like machine going below you. Exactly. And like, that's to me, I would, if someone <laughs> asked me that, like, and maybe I'm a little too serious and literal, I'd be like, well, what's the function? Like, mm-hmm. what are you, what, what is my goal in this next phase of life where I'm half animal? Mm-hmm. Cause like, maybe I want to be just the top half of a giraffe with human legs so that I can look over shit. What's my biological advantage? Yeah, I don't think... There's no biological advantage to having a... Like, by the way, talk about a weak tail. Mm -hmm. Dolphin, that's not even the bomb tail to have. 
No, I, no exactly. You just would be like flopping. You'd be like, because you can't go underwater because you're I half hate, human. I hate the butterfly stroke too. And that's all that dolphin <laughs> tail work. Like that's what that work is. I think maybe I would be some sort of like like a very athletic animal, like a cheetah on the bottom. Or See, that's where a I'm wolf going. or, you know, something that can climb. Something that like would increase my mobility. I would love a climby. I love to climb. Do you want to go rock climbing sometime? Do you, you like know, that? I was actually thinking about it. Really? I, I love I'm, to climb. I, it's like, I'm it's very not, like, I'm never, look how long I am. I haven't done it since seventh grade and I was terrible at it, but recently I was thinking, I feel like I should do, My limbs it. are fucking wild. Like I literally, like when people are like, what's your body shape? I'm like a grape with four toothpicks stuck in it. Like I literally am <laughs> like all limbs. Monkey. Like I, I'm monkey. a spider monkey. I'm 100% spider monkey. Yeah. Um, that's what my answer would be on love island uh i don't need to answer this question because i'm already 100 spider monkey okay let's go back to this jail where they're washing the dishes um i think and this is where i wrote i think this is a movie i've been thinking about for literally the last 28 years but i can't be sure let's play 156 233 27 think about what animal you'd be you guys while you're doing this tweet me what animal you'd be at malls you have a visitor not you, Rodriguez. Thank you, ma'am. Well, he hasn't come by or written since you signed those papers. Must be real busy keeping them stables going for you. Pretty convenient, huh? Daddy's gone. He only has you squeeze out of the stables. Wake up. He used you. Quit being a stupid, trusting victim. Stop it. What you gonna tell me? It was your good looks that caught him? Your great body? No, baby. It was your daddy's money. Shut up! You're stupid. You really are stupid. Your brain is as fried as that face of yours. It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.